Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only audio podcast on the internet that uses a green screen. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 76, covering the classic Who season 8. Episodes 1 through 4, The Terror of the Autons. This is the one where the third Doctor meets a new companion. Whovians meet the Master, and Joe meets the Autons. The Autons are invading the Earth, and the Master is helping them, until he realizes he'll be killed too. He and the Doctor save the day, and both are now stuck on Earth with broken TARDISes. Tardipodes? Tardipodes. I believe it's Tardipodes. Indeed. Tardopodes. Remember that one? This is uh, story number 55. Y'all remember how normally we're talking about story number 200 and something or other? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is uh, this is story number 55. Uh, it's One. January 2nd through the 23rd, 1971. Written by Robert Holmes and Barry Letts. Uh, we didn't have a ton in the way of miscellaneous trivia. Um, and honestly, I didn't dig into the, to the cast too much. I kind of wanted us to just uh, have some fun talking about this episode because we're coming at this from... You know, all of us are new to this, right? Mm. So rather than trying to be the voice of expertise here, we're kind of all noobs today. So I uh, did want to, before we jump into it, remind you that Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Now, you guys know we talked about it last week. It's Your Name November. Remember the holiday that I made up? Yeah. Your Name November. If you haven't already, guys, it's time to reserve yourname.com. Whatever industry you're in, having your very own domain can really come in handy. If you work for a company that has a big flashy website uh, and you meet somebody and hand them your business card, your name might be the thing that they remember. And so if they go searching for you and yourname.com pops up, uh, you're going to have a, uh, an easier time connecting with those folks. So remember that for just $13.99 a year, you can reserve your favorite.com, whether it's your name.com or not. And as always, we have a special deal going for 15% off of your entire order. Go to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code NOOBS at checkout to get 15% off of your entire order and get started building your awesome yourname.com website today. All right, guys, so right on into the checklist, checklist of a sort, right? It's a little bit different because we're, again, in some classic who here, but we do always have a creature of the week. This time, we've kind of got, we've got creature of the week and batty of the week. It's like a Batman movie, right? <laughs> you can't just have one villain this go around. We've, we've got two. So we had the master, and I'm just going to drop him in there, but we're going to come back and talk about him later on in the who's who section. Mm -hmm. But we can take a little bit of time to talk about the Autons and the Nestine Consciousness. Now, this was not the first time we've seen them, right? You guys remember, I guess it was episode one, wasn't it? It was Rose, mm -hmm. where we had mm -hmm. the Autons and the Nestine, the, uh, the mannequins yeah. uh, walking and whatnot, and then the big glob of goo that was the Nestine Consciousness. You know what? I just thought of something. I wonder if that had been seen before. Hmm. hmm. Jared, I don't know if Jared mentioned that in, in his primer episode, um, but uh, I don't know that the Nestine consciousness ever like appeared in in Classic Who. They were talked about here mm -hmm. as disembodied octopus things. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly does that mean? Yeah, did y'all? I mean, did y'all did y'all catch that? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what he said, yeah. right? I didn't yeah. misunderstand him. 
Right. No, that's totally what he said. He's yeah. like, I think their true form is an octopus. What? Yeah. Where did uh, you no, get that no, from? He, he actually, what did he say? He said cephalopod. Yeah, and cephalopod. Like, what? An octopus. I would have thought you would have known that. Of course. Stupid woman. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> 70s sexism. Uh, so the Nestines, I, I, I didn't realize that the Nestines were like a race. Mm-hmm. So we've had the Autons and the Nestine consciousness. Yeah. And I thought the Nestine consciousness was just sort of like a Thing. mind force that animated <laughs> plastic or yeah. something. And I thought Nestine was even supposed to sound a little like plasticine or something like that. But mm-hmm. apparently the, the Nestines are little octopus alien things. Apparently. That are disembodied. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd have gotten way more about them. Yeah. And, and, and it may have been in the – because remember, this is not the first episode with the Autons. This is not mm-hmm. the first story. Oddly enough, so this is uh, the season opener, right, for season eight. Season seven also began with a Autons uh, story. So maybe we got a little bit more of it then, and this was the, hey, remember hey, these guys? Guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we have whoever the Nestines were, they are now disembodied octopodes or octopodes or octopi or whichever one is grammatically fashionable right now and they are able to animate what are they able to animate anything plastic or yeah. do you have to get a little bit of them in it they're allowed because they animated the cord or whatever the who the telephone cord that was installed by the master right they're not going around animating anything around them it's it was definitely only things made targeted. in there. It's got to be like it's got to be like there. They got to get a little drop of them. Yeah, in it, it seems like it's specifically like whatever, targeted. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. What what all did we see? We saw the troll doll, mm-hmm. the daffodils, the phone cord, which <laughs> we rewound. We rewound that twice, and, and then, then went to the next episode, and it was like you know recapping the last five minutes of the previous episode. So we saw it four times in a row. It was and hilarious. It was funnier every single time. I would yeah. say. Um, yeah, his face when. He, like, I know. Here's what I'm wondering: Was it's that like he was more spazzing, and also a <laughs> phone cord was wrapping around him? Was Was that done in reverse? Did they like that wrap the cord be. around him? And then film it spooling off of him and then play it in, in reverse. It's possible. Or, you know, because it kind of looked a little unnatural. Like, well, I'm sorry. I guess that was the idea, <laughs> but even still. Yeah. like <laughs> It looked even more unnatural than it should have, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, so, yeah, you had that, that hideous, awful uh. troll doll, which just every time that thing appeared on screen, I think it looked worse and then when it started running oh yeah (laughs) and like gets up and (laughs) starts running and you're like what is happening (laughs) and then when it's running away from the crime scene it looks like a tiny child running oh yeah 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 they got the perspective off like after it killed the one guy in his living room they they kind of got the distance perspective off so it looked like it was about the size of an actual troll doll from the 90s like it was about (laughs) six inches tall um, so, oh gosh, that was fun. The daffodils were, were kind of amazing. Um, so they were, they were plastic daffodils that were activated by radio. Okay, so the troll doll was activated by, by temperature. Heat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Why would they all activate it by different things? I, I don't know. I don't know. Just yeah, I was like, guessing. But I was the like, last surely two the daffodil. ones were activated the same thing. 
Which which last two ones? Wait, no, no. no the, the big plan was, was the with the one. daffodils. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you had you had the troll dolls were activated by Wait, a certain f- temperature, and then the phone cord was activated by the bzzz. by some sort of sound mm-hmm. that that the master put through the phone. And I'm like, ooh, surely the daffodils will be activated by water. water. No, <laughs> ooh, a face because it set right. to target a face. No. Radio waves. Radio waves, yes. (laughs) So that it would, so that it then targets a face and vomits plastic film onto your face. Uh That was, that was hilarious. And only does it once. It goes, Uh and then it's done. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it kind of went went inactive after that point. I didn't go to the doctor. Yeah, you would would think it would just like go on a rampage and shoot every mouth and nose combination Uh you can find. Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, also the... The plastic dissolves with CO2, so the yes, way to get it. it off your mouth is to breathe out <laughs> what you would probably be doing in this situation. Yeah. It was... Um, it's fine. It's fine. It was, a, it was a bit... I'm not angry. There were plot holes, let's just let's just say. And Many that's why they holes. weren't found on the bodies, because once they already died, they breathed out the CO2. <laughs> yeah. It was their last dying exhalation that, that dissolved it, yeah. And then no error came back into them, because why not? Yeah. Uh, so then we also had the Autons themselves, which, um, I, what did you guys think of these Autons compared to what we've seen in New Who? Because we've, we've seen the Autons only twice, right? We saw them in yeah. Rose, and then we just saw them in, in the, the last episode the we Bang. watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, f- fantastic job on Jerry's part, whether he intended it or not, of having us follow an Auton episode with an Auton episode. That was, that was yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. Um, I, I really do want to know, did especially he plan like, that? I don't think he did though. Especially like one of the mm-hmm. more recent ones with one of the much older ones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> quite a start. So uh, these Autons, first of all, looked, um, looked a little different. Uh, you know, they were definitely like straight up mannequins. I think they were rows. better than the mannequins. Cause the mannequins oh, you like were the, like, you like the ones on this episode? Mannequins. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. The mannequins but, was more like a poorly written horror film where. You're stuck oh, in a no, shop, the and then all the mannequins are coming to life. <laughs> but in this one, it's like, no, this is a creature. This isn't just a mannequin. Okay. All right. Yeah. Their faces creeped me out. Yeah. Which I wouldn't, I'm sure I wouldn't say cool. that makes them better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's different. But the thing yeah. is, it went from normal face to wide-eyed, and then when you pull it up. Oh, yeah. It's like normal human <laughs> right. face, then just nothing there. Plasticky eyes, and uh, then you rip it off. Can we just can we just uh, take a moment to appreciate oh, no. the Scooby-Doo moment that happened about, what, six times over the course of these four episodes where they, I know. it's old man McGillicuddy, you know, and they would rip the mask off of his face. Um, so, <laughs> Who are see. you? Obvious cut pulls obvious fake mask off. Right. Whoa! So we had, oh, no. so we had a police, we had a police officer pull his face off or no, the the doctor pulled his face off to reveal an Alton underneath. Mm-hmm. We had we had an electrician pull his face off and reveal himself to be the master. Mm-hmm. Which that was probably the worst of all of them. Right. Oh. Then we had the master pull his face off and revealed to be uh what was the guy's name? I don't know. I can't think the of the guy that was first know. mind controlled. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that guy. It was like his lack. No, that was obviously the master until right when you pulled the mask off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Was that was that all the uh, Scooby Doo face mask pulls that we had? I don't. I, I can't Mike think of it. I want to say there was one more, but I can't think of what it was. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, yeah. Every time that happened, it was just uh, you know. At the very end, I think we just kind of all like I paused it because we were all laughing so hard no, that like, they just like, pulled like, the master's face off. And there's the there's no way the master is dead. 
that's not even remotely the master's face, and they pull it off. Wow, it's not the master. Oh, yeah. whoa, that was pretty interesting. Man. I remember thinking, wow, they're not going to have the master regenerate on his first story because we already heard in the in Jared's point five episode that Roger Delgado played him for like several years. Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't sure what we were doing there, but uh, that 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 final face mask pull was to me. But that's like, maybe the best part of the whole. Uh, yeah. That was like the every like plasticky, rubbery. You know the clown Halloween mask that every kid yeah. gets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's the level of what it was. I know. Right. But again, 1971. This was probably, you know, high oh, tech, no. ABC, like, highly convincing. Yes, exactly. So, so that kind of brings us to the next ep- uh, uh, edition on our checklist under Classic Who. I've decided this is going to be a permanent staple of the Classic Who checklist: bad special effects. So we kind of already so talked about. <laughs> All of the fake faces. Um, we also had, um, which we've mentioned somewhat, but holy green screen Batman. Uh-huh. Um, they, no one ever was, actually drove in this movie. Uh, it was no, all green no, screen. No. Oh no! Except for that one, that one cop car. Yeah. That like that that like slid in. That was that was, that was cool. amazing. That was another one we backed up where the like, the doctor drifted. and Joe are getting attacked by the auton or they were getting attacked by. The, oh, the the, the the carnival people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and the don't police they car not comes refilm? Like, huh? They don't refilm in these days, do they? What do you mean? They do like they multiple do takes? They do one shoot and then um, they're done. No, they, they were probably doing multiple takes, but not, yeah, by not like point. they do now, um, where it takes them a day to film 30 minutes of, of an episode or mm. whatever. But 30 minutes is a bit optimistic, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but they... I think it must have been – so I kept calling it green screen. Jared said that at this time in the BBC, it probably would have been blue screen, but the same same concept. Yeah. And But holy cow, like it's this must have been good brand new technology. The, yeah, it's not good at the time, and they used it everywhere. Like yeah. they used like, it for a car. Just drive a car instead of, down well, a mountain. Okay. That makes me think it must be new, so they're showing off this technology because there's no reason otherwise – why they wouldn't just drive a car? Maybe not. Maybe not even showing it off, but just utilizing the the hot new technology. Uh-huh. And and now, t- to be honest though, it is not uncommon for TV shows to use blue screen backgrounds for car for yeah. for for when someone's driving in a car. I or guess, what they used to do is they would they would put them in a fake car, and then there would literally be like a screen that was playing. The background moving by. Like, that's how they used to do it before it was green screen oh, replacement. No. That's bizarre to me because it's like, okay, you can set up this giant set where you have, like, probably a fake car that doesn't even work so you can get the camera in there well. And you, like, line the windows with blue and then film it like that. And later in editing, yeah, you don't put line the, the stuff bl- on. windows with blue. You just have a blue or, yeah. background outside of it. But having, or, having actors driving around yeah. with a camera, like, maybe on the hood. And delivering their dialogue, taking direction, and not crashing the car—like that's why they—that's why they do that. Um, at the very yeah. most, what you get if you ever actually see a car that is actually driving down the street in a movie or a TV show, guaranteed it is being towed behind a truck. That you know the the, the actor that is driving the car is not driving the car; it's being yeah. towed unless unless you have a full shot of the whole car, that kind of thing. But at any rate, mm-hmm. so they use the green screen. Uh, to show the background, what any time anybody drove anywhere, if there was dialogue inside the vehicle, the background was almost exclusively green screen. 
Even if they were just in a vehicle. They weren't even talking. Could they not go up the oh, yeah. radio tower? There was yeah, there was there were points where they were they were at the radio they were on the radio tower and that was green screen background. You could tell the set it was a good set. There was But like what was the point of not just going up a radio tower or some Well again, that's know. a safety issue Actions. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. My personal favorite has to be to green screening the woman into her own kitchen. <laughs> Because, oh no! You okay. oh no! <laughs> you didn't steal mine. You didn't steal mine. That's that's great. Okay, so so second favorite, second favorite was green screening the the master and two of the autons into an office. Yeah. Oh no! Like, like what? You didn't have an office set laying around that you could film in. You've had so, several so far. Right, you're right, and and then yeah, then they they built the set for the living room of the the plastic company previous owner who CEO that was in retirement or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then they had that reaction shot of the hey? wife on green screen so that they didn't have to build out a kitchen. Like, and, I mean, I guess the reason they did that. So they didn't have to build a set for a three second shot that was only there. So they didn't have to show the guy actually getting attacked yeah, by yeah. the troll baby. All right. So the, the, um, let's say those two were ridiculous uses of green screen. My favorite uh, nice try use of the green screen was when, okay, the random other Time Lord showed up to talk to the doctor. Uh Yeah. You hear TARDIS sound effects. There is a TARDIS landing. So we are expecting, I'm like, oh, it's going to be the master showing up or whatever. Yeah. And instead, a guy materializes standing standing in midair. Just Hello, on, and again, on green screen. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I guess my coordinates were off. Hold on just a second. And, and they literally just <laughs> zoom the camera in on him, but the green screen doesn't move. So it appears as though he floats towards the camera. And I'm like, what was that all about? So Why? again, that was a, an interesting attempt to let's, hey, let's see if we can experiment with this new technology, you know? And, <laughs> and, and I just, I, I, I may be jumping ahead of myself here. Um, this yeah, I had this under other stuff we noticed, but we're talking about him now. What was the deal with that other Time Lord? Did he travel via invisible TARDIS or something? Like, why was there? He's a special one. He can just like Pop you know appear. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So f- yeah, so first the first time we see him, we hear TARDIS noises and he like materializes right, like he fades into uh-huh. now he's standing in midair. So it's like. Was no. he traveling? It's exactly what I was like, is the it best disguise be like. right now invisibility? Right. What's going on here? <laughs> that's right. That's right. The that's what his TARDIS right chameleon circuit did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but then, uh, then I think he, I think we heard TARDIS sounds when he left. And then later on in the story, he comes back. And it wasn't again, even later we heard on. This. It was like, it was like a few seconds no, later, wasn't like, it? No, he's like, he leaves. No, he pops out. Well, no, there was out. a second time that he, he showed up to talk but to the he doctor. Leaves. Was there? Like, he pops out. Yeah. And then he pops back in and goes, oh, and one more thing, and then pops back out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that, so on that one, I think we heard the TARDIS sound of him appearing on that one. Uh, did we? I don't know. Did, I don't like, remember him appearing, what? but I remember when he left. Yeah, when he left, it literally, he didn't fade out. He went, and with disappeared. With sound effect. With that sound <laughs> with, effect. And then. <laughs> Popped back in and went, oh, right, one more thing, blah, 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 and then he's gone again. And you're like, like, what happened to the TARDIS? So when do when did Time Lords Develop. gain the ability to 
whimsically pop out of existence or whatever it was he was doing. He wasn't even teleporting. He was just like not existing anymore. So I assumed that this was a Time Lord we have seen before somewhere or something, right? So I I clicked on him on the on the Wikia and because of course there's a whole page for the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but he is called Time Lord Messenger. He's not given a name or a title or mm-hmm. anything. He's Time Lord Messenger. And it referenced him being part of the trial of the second doctor where they force his regeneration. And I was like, oh, just what I thought. It's a callback. We've seen this guy. That detail is pulled from a comic or a book or mm. an audio adventure yes. or something like that that happened after this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, after this episode aired, they decided to do an audio adventure and say, hey, do you remember that that random Time Lord messenger? So That can teleport? They can apparently. go... So I don't, I don't get, I don't get that guy at all. So, um, Corbin, you had a thought on uh, under jiggery pokery. You had some psychic paper theory there. Uh, okay. I'm trying to remember the exact circumstances of this. Okay. I remember now all right. when the master was the telephone guy, right? The very anyways. So he's like, can I see your ID? He's like, yes. So many people ask He's me like, this. I've been uh-huh. checked so many times. ID. Yeah. And so then, he pulls yeah. it out. He shows it to him. We don't see it uh, at all. He's like, right. okay, you're good. Puts it back, finishes up, leaves. Then we find out it's He's the, master. the master. Yeah. And then I thought, if that's the master, A, how did he get an ID? <laughs> and yeah. then B, wait, is that just a psychic paper? Right. That that would be pretty cool. I don't know if the psychic paper existed at this time uh, or not. I think the psychic paper is a new Who invention. I could hmm. be wrong about that, but I think I read but this that somewhere. This is evidence that it is possible. Yes. Yeah, so what we're going to say yeah. is official noobs in the Whovian head cannon. Are y'all familiar with head cannon? Yes. <laughs> Are y'all familiar with that term for the, for listeners who may not be familiar with head cannon? That's the story behind the story that you tell yourself, and you have no way to back it up or verify it mm-hmm. and it's not actual canon canon so it's like less than a theory even. Uh, <laughs> uh uh no i would say i would say it's more, more than, than a theory, theory because to me this is the truth <laughs> this is canon but it's only canon within my head so we're going to say head official canon. noobs in the whovian uh, head canon is that the master had a psychic paper in this episode so and was using it Boom. so did we ever get this proven right that's right. If the 13th Doctor says something next season about that time the Master used a psychic paper, then we'll go, yes! <laughs> and try to wrap me up with Chris Chibnall listens to Noobs in the Whovian. <laughs> Yay. Glad to have you on board, Ch- uh, Chibs. Ch- All right. Chibs. Uh, that's literally what Jody calls him. Okay, chips. I was going to say, I don't Jody think Whitaker he'll appreciate you calling him. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently that's like what he's known around, or at least Jody Whitaker calls him that. Because um, she's worked with him like forever before, you know, she worked with him before Doctor Who. So speaking of the master and the jiggery pokery, that just brings us right on down into who's who. And we can talk about who is the master. So first of all, the master can't snap, y'all. Oh, my gosh. Like I, I used to not be able to snap, like, but yeah. then I never tried. I just didn't snap. He was like, okay, so let me ask you this. But Corbin. he was while determined. While you were in that young young child phase of your life where you physically couldn't snap your fingers. Uh, did you, uh, young child, young child, not grown stinking man, uh, several hundred year old time Lord. 
small child phase of your life where you couldn't physically snap your fingers. Uh, no offense to those who can't snap their fingers, but did you ever in a very commanding way pretend to snap your fingers in order to order around your lackeys and fail? Did you ever do that? No. no oh, you didn't? Okay. Oh, well, I mean, I that thought seems that to that be was a just normal thing. Like It would appear that way based off of these multiple episodes with multiple lousy <laughs> snaps. They didn't I even know. give him like f- a Foley artist inserting a snap uh-huh. sound. He just went, it's like, know, like, it's like, I can't even not snap the way he did. I don't the know. The first how time it. he did it, it was sad. But yeah. when he did it again, you're like, okay, seriously, what's like, happening? The, the first time I thought it, I thought it was what Trip was talking about it. I thought it was he was supposed to snap and he like his fingers slipped and they were like, ah, that's okay. We don't have time to reshoot it. And we're they like zoom here. in on his fingers as well when he does it. <laughs> They're like calling out the fact that he's snapping here. He did and it he like, doesn't snap. In the course of these four stories, I think he did it like six times. I know. And no, no one of those examples did he actually successfully make a noise with his fingers. Just not at all. So Maybe, like. Maybe it was something about the leather gloves he was wearing, but I don't think it would have that much of an impact that you like. I don't think he was. We- I don't remember him wearing gloves while he was snapping. I think he was at least one of the times. Maybe but, one. I'll give you one. But like, I'll give you but one. not all right. six of them. Half really? a dozen here. Okay. Uh, so at any rate, uh, Corbin, you had uh, something to say about his his face. <laughs> oh yeah, this guy. He intimidates me. His resting <laughs> face is like. A scowl. It's <laughs> scary. I don't like it's this. It's a scowl. It really was. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think when he sleeps, he looks angry. <laughs> Roger Delgado is. I will but I mean, get but you. but that's good, right? I mean, like for yeah, this character, works for the master. Yeah, absolutely. And like, then he doesn't snap, and you're like, oh, you're so less intimidating now. <laughs> you're not so. You're not so bad. You're so <laughs> intimidating. No, something or other. Um, you're not intimidating. Anything else about the master? What did you guys? What did you guys think about? This master versus the master that we've seen in New Who. New Who is better. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. I kind of like the less serious version of the master where he's yeah. more... Which one's the less serious one? The current the one. New he's, okay. he's more just insane rather than... <laughs> yeah. So Jared mentioned know, that, that. Like where he has super jumps and electricity all the that's time. That's weird. Yeah. That, mm, Jared <laughs> liked that part I don't like You know what? Since you said that. <laughs> Jared mentioned that what we've seen of, of the master in New Who is... Crazy bananas, you know, madman. So I'm like, a mad if he's, man with a box times two. <laughs> well, if if he's evil, it's only because he is psychotic. <laughs> um, you know, like if he's doing things that are bad, it's because he is just bonkers, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the Roger Delgado incarnation of the master is just evil for evil's sake. Like mm-hmm. Jared, Jared described him as evil just because he can i know he looks evil he does just the beard alone uh, yeah with the with the white streaks if makes he, him look like a hollywood like the, monster if the if he new had a giant one smile. looked like that if the new one looked like that what was as silly as he was it I just wouldn't take wouldn't title i think yeah. you're calling him silly now we really <laughs> like compared to roger he's delgado insane too oh yeah. he's kind of silly yeah yeah um i mean granted the last time we saw him it was a little silly, you know, yeah. like eating that hamburger uh, in that one scene. <laughs> I know. That was, yeah. And then eating the turkey. That was a little silly. Like, uh, I think if Roger Delgado was giving his best <laughs> smile, 
I would be scared because I would think he was about to kill me. Like, there's I, no way I think he can arrange his face yeah. to look happy. happy. Yeah. So he is he is the like classic '70s villain that is just like mustache twirling, like yeah. I said, evil for the sake of evil. So like stereotype that was, back then. It was yeah. You had you had the. Like nowadays, we want to have the sympathetic bad guy, right? Like mm-hmm. we have, like Maleficent has somehow become a hero. Um, now, granted, <laughs> I love that movie. We're going to go see the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I enjoy that movie. Um, but the idea of this evil queen from oh gosh, which one is it? Is it Sleeping Beauty? Snow White. I, I was going to mix so. up. Whichever yeah. one. Uh, one of them. It's, it's Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, yeah. It's Sleeping Beauty because the one there's that no dwarfs. Sleeps. <laughs> uh, That's how well, I they, remember. They both get knocked unconscious by a witch casting a curse on them and are yeah. woken up by a True Love's Kiss. So I always get them mixed up. In anyway. Sleeping Beauty, there's only three small people instead of seven. That's right. Um, the idea of now we're going to take the queen and we're going to show why she did what she did. And then, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Maleficent, it turns out. She was the good guy all along, kind of a thing. You wow. know, like she made some bad choices, but then and she's redeemed. In the seventies, you don't do that. You're just evil, right? And that's you know, like we kind of, I mean, like by the time we're done with what we've seen of the master in New Who, you kind of feel bad for him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in the end, it turns out, like not it was only was just he- this dude that he was a normal guy who. Stared into a vortex because it was forced to and went mad. Right, yeah. So not yeah. only was he evil because he was crazy, right? So some sympathy there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he can't help himself. But then it turns out he's crazy because people made him crazy oh. on purpose uh-huh. for their own will. Like, so, you know, their they own desire. forced him to stare in this vortex right. that, A, he's not the first person to come out crazy. <laughs> Tons of people come right. out absolutely and there's scarred. No, there's no eh, we're going to roll the dice. Yeah. There's no good thing that happens after staring into the vortex. Well, no, that's not true. Because you either it, run away screaming, you go mad, or what was the other one? <laughs> some people run away screaming, some people I don't know, go but, mad. But all the Time Lords do it. So, like, yeah. the doctor stared into the Time Vortex. The un, What is it? The unfiltered schism or whatever? Yeah. Um, like so, yeah. Like, we, we get these layers of, of sympathy piled on top of the master, and we're, like, peeling back the layers of onion and seeing what's really underneath and all this. Nope, not this version like, of the master. But nope. in the 70s, you are yeah. Mr. Good and Dr. Evil. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And, and on top of that, you, you also have, you have things where, like, uh, and Jared mentioned this in the point five, that it's kind of, he's, he's fighting the doctor just out of sport. Yeah. Right, he calls him, you know, like a worthy opponent, you know, uh-huh. and all this kind of stuff. Like that's another classic, like '70s villain trope of uh, Sherlock and and uh, oh gosh, what's the Moriarty? You had the same kind of rivalry. Moriarty was Sherlock Holmes' arch nemesis, and he was he was um, the two of them loved going at it with one another because they were the only ones that challenged each other. You know, so like Moriarty is like evil genius. Sherlock is genius detective, and so when they clash, they enjoy it because no one else is a is a challenge to them, and that's what you get here from the master. Is oh, I you know I, I rather love 
I, there's the part where somebody says, aren't you, aren't you upset that he escaped? Oh, what that he escaped? No, that just means I get to capture him again. You know, like every time that it drags out, it just makes the, the win so much better. And, you know, like, <laughs> you know, all this kind In of stuff. In fact, I'd rather enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Weird smile. <laughs> yeah. Stare into the camera. With a weird smirk. So yeah, this, this is definitely, uh, <laughs> A different take on the master, but this is the original take on the master. Remember, this is when mm-hmm. this is the first appearance of the master. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the the beginnings of this character. He's just bad. Yeah. So now, flash forward to you know where we've been with the with the master. So now I don't feel it, sad for him because <laughs> <laughs> he's actually not insane at all. He's just acting like it to throw the doctor off. Ooh, Ooh. another layer of the onion. <laughs> all right. So speaking of the doctor, who is the doctor? Uh, who is specifically, who is the third doctor? What do you guys tell, tell me about this doctor compared to nine, 10, 11, one, and two. We've seen a little bit of all of those. Uh, uh, you keep comparing him to James Bond. Was it? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. De- definitely. So absolutely. So Jared mentioned in the point five episode that, uh, John Pertwee, um, actually, served in the uh the in the military intelligence division with the author of the james bond novels oh nice that's that's the connection there and um and and like apparently doing like the stuff that james bond did is the stuff that they were doing (laughs) so apparently like uh pertwee at one point uh, referenced a a pipe that you could actually smoke. It was a functional pipe, but it was also a gun. You know, this this level of like spy tech and stuff. These two guys were were in it together, and so he kind of brought that flair to the doctor. So kind of more like nine, similar to nine. How do you mean? Well, like, nine wasn't all secret spy all the time. Well, what, just what do you like mean? all serious and just. I'm going to be by myself. I don't want anyone's help. Well, it, it, there's it definitely serious. a vibe of that in this episode, yeah. There's serious, and then there's James Bond, which <laughs> isn't just serious. Mm-hmm. It's right. something else. I mean, he had a, he had a, a cool car. Yeah, uh, he had um, you know gadgets and things. He was always mm-hmm. he was always. Did y'all notice how often in this episode or these four episodes he was tinkering with a gadget? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. namely the same one, but yeah, a, a, a lot, lot of time on the same one. Uh, but yeah, just constantly tinkering with stuff. I will say this: I'm digging the cape. Yeah. The, the cape draped off the shoulders with like the red satin lining and everything. That like was it was kind of kind of slick looking, you know. So, cool. uh, what did you think about the first time his head popped up in the intro? Freaked me. <laughs> I'm still scared. His smile looks so unnatural. But I don't who's know. Who's his worst? The second or the third? The like, second looks doofy in his. Doof. From from yeah. the way he, the way he acts in this episode, I feel like that was the best smile he could give. They're like, <clears throat> go ahead and smile and just give give your and, best until most you honest his... smile. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> 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 oh man, I wish we had a video of that face that he just made. No, no, you, you, you just don't there. like his smile because when he smiled at the end of the last episode, you Ooh. said something similar. Yeah, you like, said something you like know, about how that, really that was devious. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> I, I, did you what, watch he the was same like, thing that I did? I, yeah. I think he said something about actually, I enjoyed it, and then he gave that smile. Me? Like, 
Why did you smile like that? Actually, I'll rather enjoy <laughs> it. Mm. Yeah, he. It was it's like he said. You know, he he has a worthy opponent in the master, so he, mm-hmm. he digs it. So uh, there was a couple of uh, lines that I thought were were great, and I don't know if these are like quintessential third doctor or what, but he, he, at one point somebody said he was being childish and he said, what's wrong with being childish? I like being childish, uh, which didn't seem to suit him in the rest of the episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Like Trip were saying very serious. And <laughs> these um, are the rules. I'm going to follow them. That's right. You are going to. Well, I don't know about following me. rules. I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, the doctor is never one for rules. You're going to follow my rules. Uh, there you go. Somebody at one point uh, was, was basically, you know, who is this guy and is he qualified to handle this information? And the doctor says, I think you'll find, sir, that I'm qualified to deal with everything if I so choose. <laughs> it's like, so throw, throw whatever you got at me. I can handle it unless I don't really care about it anyway, in which case, meh, you know, like whatever. So that was good stuff. Um, what other thoughts about uh, the third doctor? Anything else about him? What do we think about him after hanging out with him for four episodes? I don't know. Ready to move on? <laughs> I guess. <Yeah. laughs> mm. <sighs> Ready to meet the fourth doctor after all that. So. He, again, he did feel very James Bond, and I kind of liked that. I liked yeah. that feel, but... I am I am curious about what it would be like to spend you know a couple of seasons with him, with a doctor just bound on Earth. Like, you can't... Yeah. You know, all the action and adventures got to come to him. We're not going to go to any alien worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would that be like for... Uh, for a season. Yeah. But. Very busy year for London, England <laughs> in terms of aliens. Well, we already know that, you know, I- at least since 2005, there's always a nat- there's always some sort of cataclysmic disaster coming for London every Christmas. Yeah. We know that much. So, mm-hmm. all right, guys, before we move on, just a reminder that Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we're doing, want to give a little bit of value back, that's all we're looking for. Head on over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian, and you can become a supporting patron of family friendly independent media today. All right, guys, that brings us to the overall impressions. I'm going to let Corbin start us out. Uh, Bleh. so <laughs> Bleh. I liked the characters in this episode. I think there was, right. there was a lot of differences in the kind of characters we had. It wasn't like a heroic hero, a bad villain, whiny uh, sidekick. Like there was a little bit of diversity <laughs> with that, but, um, I'm going to say, I thought this was pretty good, and obviously the special effects were not that good, but I'm I'm going to not rate it based on that. Say this was probably a 7.5 uh, uh, baby troll dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are terrifying. Trip, what do you think, buddy? Oh, I'm going to go, this is definitely lower, so I'm going to go with 6.5. I just didn't get it. I just, I really didn't get it. I didn't get the action. I didn't get the whole thing. So I'm going to give it 6.5 weird smiles. <laughs> weird smiles. Nice. Uh, Jared, uh, I, I had emailed him and asked him for his scores on this, and he gave this one 7.5 out of 10 deadly inflatable chairs, which <laughs> I thought was, uh, I thought that was oh, fantastic. Oh, we, we forgot about that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh. a great piece of special effect Just, technology. Oh, it's crushing me hell. <laughs> now, he did say this Can is rating it as a we... classic Who story, not stacking it up against New Who. So Jared's like, okay, if you take this 
in its time, he gives it 7.5 deadly inflatable chairs. I am going to not be so charitable and say this was terrible. Uh, it was. <laughs> I think... I think Corbin gave it a 7.5 only because he laughed so hard. Oh. Uh-huh. Through. Yeah. We that, watched this over the course of three nights. It was nights. enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Uh, it was a fun experience. I had to wake horribly, Dad up in the middle of one of the episodes, uh, but I thought they were so <laughs> hilarious. It was horribly enjoyable. I was laughing at everything. We were like partway through the fourth episode, and it was it was... It was like right near the end too. Was it even at night, or was it was in the middle of the day? Uh, we were yeah. like it was lunchtime. <laughs> it wasn't like it was midnight. Yeah, we were and I was eating lunch away. while doing it. Yeah, I literally Corby goes, "Dad,", Dad and I was like, "No," oh. <laughs> he's like, "Are you falling asleep?" I was like, it was, uh, "Maybe." No. It, was, it was like the end of the fourth episode. So you're like missing pretty crucial details <laughs> in the story here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and let you know that I missed crucial information during the first episode too, <laughs> and I don't know why. I think I was working on the notes as I was watching it, which I, I, I apparently I don't need to ever do that with classic uh-huh. who, because when we're watching new who I've seen it before, mm-hmm. you know, so if I miss something, I'm not really missing it, but yeah. Uh, so that being said, I gave it four dissolving plastic films. Uh, it was just uh, it's no. possibly the lowest rating we've had ever. That is the worst score that I don't think any of us have ever given any episode mm-hmm. below yeah. a five. I don't think anybody's given below a six, honestly. But mm-hmm. I, this is the this lowest is, I remember is a six or seven. With I mean, you, you even stack this up against other classic Who episodes. The first, this is a four. The Dalek episode. <laughs> the first Dalek yeah. that was better. Yeah. Like I'm not even joking. All that right, so, was better. So Trip, chime in with your your creep level. I'm gonna say one hundred. Let me explain. Just please do. That's all we're here for, is to hear you talk. Just the special effects creep me out. They were so bad when they terrified. Like (laughs) nightmares. Like the weird face masks. Oh yeah, those those. Yeah, I have to say the costumes the Autons were in were scarier than the Autons themselves. (laughs) This thing has horrified me. Especially when I just keep imagining. It's like, can I see your ID, sir? And those yeah. eyes before he takes off the mask. Yeah. Oh, and also the big heads. Oh, those the were The Autons oh, yeah. had the big heads. I was like... What was so crazy about that was I I thought when, I, when we first did Rose and we were talking about the Autons, I did some research on the Wikia and a picture of those big bobble-headed <laughs> guys walking around is the... Like profile picture for the autons. <laughs> so I thought that's what they looked like until I realized in this episode, think, okay, so think through this with me, guys. You had plastic, you know, mannequin people yeah. with mm-hmm. plastic human faces over them or whatever that was, rubber yeah. or whatever. So they were, they were a mannequin with a fake human head face thing on top. Meaning and at that then point. a giant plastic head thing mm-hmm. on top of mm-hmm. that. Meaning, at that point, make the suits out of plastic I, this is what and I'm make saying. those living. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, um, so Tripp, you didn't, I don't think you actually gave us your score. Oh, I said 100. 100. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it 125 just because there were some like nasty creep-out moments. Most of it, like you like, said, involved uh. when, when you would see the really bad rubber mask and you could see either the Auton no eyes underneath mm-hmm. or 
the actor's actual eyeballs underneath at looking out of these <laughs> which were creepier. Slits. Yeah, it was that was that was uh-huh. terrifying. So 125 on accident. Corbin, what do you? Oh, and uh, Jared gave it 100 creep levels based on the fact that they thought their special effects would be creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, said, so bad even by 1970s standards. <laughs> Corbin, I'm gonna say this was on 102. I think 102. No, 100. Also, as well. Oh, okay. Also. <laughs> Um, Dad's the oddball in the family. I think the yeah. creepiest part was supposed to be the troll baby, but I thought that, that thing was hilarious, especially mm, when it got up and started moving, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't take this. My favorite anymore. part of the troll doll was when the guy started shooting it into pieces. <laughs> yeah, was, oh, I forgot about that. That was <laughs> hilarious. He, he like yeah. shoots a few bullets. There's no bullet holes in it, but it's like torn just to pieces. falling apart. Yeah. It's and like he's shooting it more. Apart. He yeah. like shoots it, and one of the arms just comes completely off. I'm like, nice. holy crap. It looks like someone just took a knife and just sawed off all the things. Yeah. And then, like, exactly. took some kind of thing and then just, like, bashed a hole in it. <laughs> I know. And then just <laughs> tossed all the body parts onto the floor together. Ah, so dead. All right, guys. So, at it. Uh, down in listener input this week, uh, just, I think it was, it was either today or maybe it was last night, uh, Christina on our Facebook page posted on our wall and this I, I as soon as i read this i died laughing i said this has got to go in the show i'm just going to read you what she wrote she says how do you know you've been watching too much doctor who when you have dreams about watching doctor who it was a regeneration episode and the doctor came back as a ginger that's right oh how happy he was to find he was really a ginger until he realized he was a 12 year old boy <laughs> And let me tell you, he was none too happy about the prospect of going through puberty all over again. <laughs> I won't bore you with all the weird dreamy stuff. Christina, I insist that you bore us with all of the weird dreamy stuff. Uh, she says, I normally hate that, but this sounds kind of interesting. I want to hear, hear every <laughs> detail. She says, um, I won't bore you with all the weird dreamy stuff that never quite makes sense, but I will tell you he happened upon a wolf-like grandpa type who tried to protect the doctor the entire adventure and ended up becoming his companion. I'm going to rate my dream a 10 out of 10 red hairs and freckles just simply for the good mood I woke up in. <laughs> in a good mood? I would have been sad that that wasn't real. <laughs> I told I'm her. Writing the script. I told I'm her. I want a full episode. I'm sorry. 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 A full season of the the, the, the little boy doctor and his grandpa companion. I want season twelve. This needs to happen, or season thirteen, or whatever it is. Yeah, season. What is it? Are y'all guys? Season listening? twelve is the one that's about to come out. Season thirteen needs to be. The little boy Doctor Who <laughs> with his grandpa-like companion. And his red hair. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm ginger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Christina, thank you so much. Um, hadn't heard from Christina in a little while, uh, but she's uh, interacts with us on our Facebook page, as you can, too, over at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. And uh, just uh, follow us there. I've been trying to post there a little bit more often. I also started posting on our Twitter, guys. Um Basically, at this point, I'm just posting when we do a new episode. <laughs> but cool. I had somebody hit me up and say, hey, uh, you know, are you on Twitter? I want to recommend you guys to some of our friends. So I uh, went ahead and started posting the episode links did out you there. post the old ones or did you just post the new ones? No, I just started posting. Um, mm. So each, each week um, when I put something up on the feed, I go and I grab the individual page from the, you know, the blog post slash episode post from the website, post it on Facebook, and then I post it on Twitter and um, just let people know that it's out there. A lot of people are already subscribed and they're going to get it in their feed, but 
you know, I like to like to throw it out there anyway. That way you can share it with your friends. So if you're following us on Twitter, we're at Noobs Whovian because Noobs and the Whovian is too long for a Twitter handle, apparently. <laughs> um, or you can go over to Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. And uh, if you direct message us there or you uh, write on our wall, comment on our stuff, and uh, and it's something that should go on the show, it'll go on the show because that was uh, Christina. That made my day. That was amazing <laughs> that was awesome. when I read that last night. And uh, like Corbin said, I am now sad that this is not an actual storyline. Now, now I'm expecting you to comment back and tell us the full story. Oh, like, yeah. You've got to tell us the whole yeah, episode. Christina, like, we've uh, had, we've had the- young doctor, but I went really young doctor. Oh, yeah. How about awesome. a five-year-old This would be great. Yeah, so, so far, Eleven is the youngest uh, actor to portray the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but having a 12 year old play the doctor. Oh, that right? would be. Oh my and, gosh, man. Can I dye have my to be hair? Just red? as smart also. Oh, that's so, the thing. He would still so, be yeah. him. He would I just know. be in a 12 year old body. So, so think about, think about. It's like really condescending 12 year old. It's like, <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? Think about, think about, you know, David Tennant in his 20s or 30s or however old he was talking to Wilf, remember, and like, you know, he tells Wilf he's mm-hmm. an old man, and he's like, "Oh yeah, right." And he's like, "I'm 900 years old," and Wilf's like, "Oh, right then." You know, but he's like, he still kind of sees Wilf as a grandpa type figure and everything. Can you imagine, you know, <laughs> 900 or, or however old the doctor is at this point? You know, 11 or 1200 years old by the time we get through Jody's time, but as a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. And then meeting up with a grandpa companion. And you no, know what? Oh, I want to see oh my gosh. Wilf walk out. I want to see it starts off the season with Wilf walking out. Okay, so you that think would be awesome. Wilf is the new doctor. So you see Wilf walking <laughs> out. So you see Wilf walking out of the house, and then you see the twelve year old boy walking so, after him. So here's the thing. One of the the doctor right now has three companions, and one of them is like a grandpa aged guy. Oh, so you've already no. got him there. You already, already got have it. Him. Oh my gosh. Actually, I, that would be funny if at the end of the series, he's a 12 year old boy. And then for anyone that tunes into the new series and doesn't know this, you start <laughs> it with the old dude walking out. You're like, oh, old doctor, little redhead child right, comes out go. the door. You're like, what? It's like, thank you, doctor. Wait. Wait, what? Christina, <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, so, oh gosh. So, 12 year old doctor. So, this is like Doctor Who meets Doogie Hauser. Love it. <laughs> Christina, um, we do want to hear all of the other weird, dreamy stuff that never quite makes sense. Um, we definitely want to hear that. So either hit us up on our Facebook wall, comment under that that original post, or you can uh, record yourself telling us the rest of it. And uh, oh, when please we'd record, love to, please. Yeah, record, that would be fantastic. So, guys, uh, for the game plan, we have Christmas in November next week as we cover the 2010 Christmas ode. Uh, Chris, Christmas ode. <laughs> Christmas ode. <laughs> hey, if I can make up uh, your name, November Christmas ode can be a thing too uh the two, 2010 christmas ode a christmas carol uh we said christmas too many times just now uh yeah. now just as a reminder the christmas specials are now a separate deal kind of like the david Tennant specials were uh a, they're not a season they're their own standalone thing so if you're watching along on amazon you do need to look for doctor who dash christmas specials or if you go to noobs click on any of the newest posts scroll down to the bottom we'll have a link there uh, that you can follow over to that. And that'll take you directly to uh, the the first bit of the Christmas specials. And uh, this this go around, it's the first one. It's it's called season one. It's really mm-hmm. weird the way they did the Christmas specials. Um, just as a side note, um, I don't know when this is going to go into effect, but at some point, 
HBO is gaining the exclusive streaming rights to Doctor Who. So I don't know if that means the exclusive streaming rights moving forward or do they get the back catalog? Do we have HBO? No. <laughs> we do not. Just another subscription so service you got to have. Just Yeah, I was going to say. Just to throw this out to the listeners, I don't know how you're watching the episodes, but if you're watching them on Amazon Prime, keep an eye out because it may be going away. I'm not, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of the details yet, so I'll try and keep you guys apprised as I see it. But I do know that the next season that comes out will not be coming out on Amazon. The next oh, season no. will come out on HBO. So now I have to figure out how I'm going to do that. So um, that's. Now we have like three years to figure that out. Huh? To. I'm talking about me watching. Oh, it. you! <laughs> I ain't waiting for y'all to catch up. Um, <laughs> just like I watched the last. What's season the point of being own. the Whovian if you have to wait for us that's, to catch up? Th- that's absolutely right. Uh, so, guys, uh, we also may have um, after the Christmas episode, we 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 may do a mini-sode because we've got some prequel mini-sodes coming up. There's one called Space and one called Time, and then there's one, and those are kind of like. Do y'all remember um, Meanwhile in the TARDIS? Oh, remember those? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. And then there's one that's called Prequel to the Impossible Astronaut, which is the series six, episode one. Mm. It's called The Impossible Astronaut. So um, we we may do a mini episode on those prequels. Um, if we do, we'll talk about that next week and we'll throw out some links where you can see those mini mini episodes. So I guess the obvious joke is, have you seen the mini episodes Space and Time? Aha, uh-huh. so funny. What's Hilarious. The, what's Space. The and time. Yeah, where's the joke yeah. though? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not funny. I don't know why they named it like that. I don't think they were trying to be funny. <laughs> what is happening? What? All right, guys. After we do that, if we do the mini episode, then we're off to series six with a two-part premiere. We're, we've done two-part season finales. This is have a two-part Have opener. we ever gotten that? I don't think so. So this is. I a, mean, maybe in Classic Who, but... Definitely not. Well, they were all multiple part episodes back then. This one was actually an eight part premiere. Yeah. So this one is a two part premiere, uh, The Impossible Astronaut and The Day of the Moon. So um, guys, I am so excited about series six. However, before we get there, we do have a Christmas special. Uh, It is. It's fun. It's so much fun. This episode. Um, And I. I, Wasn't the last one with. Was that with Shakespeare or was that with the last Christmas episode? Yeah, the last Christmas one. Um, or was that uh, no the last? Okay, the last Christmas that episode Charles that we saw Dickens? was the end. Uh, was the end of time? Oh, the end. Yeah, the last Christmas episode was the end of time part one, and then oh. the end of time part two was the New Year special. And then they went so, into the fifth season. Yeah, that was David Tennant. Uh, Where are we? Did we lose you? Yes. Chip's confused. All right, we'll talk afterwards. Uh, so at any rate, guys, um, I think that was it on the game plan. So we'll just end by telling you that, as always, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is this other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the classic Who connection. And shout-outs to Jared and Victor, I promise we haven't forgotten you, for their Patreon support. You can find us at Facebook.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian and email us at NoobsInTheHoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian and find show notes as well as uh, extra links and all those kinds of things at 
uh, noobsandthehoobian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with your friends, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. <laughs>